0: Welcome to episode 5 of Laying the Points with Farley Betts. I am Chris R. Farley, also known as Farley Betts. And this is my second podcast in two days here to talk to you all about the Western Conference NBA playoffs, the play-in predictions, but also an analysis of all these teams and who I think is going to, or who I think has the best chances of getting into the NBA Finals. I will unpack all eight teams in the Western Conference that I think are going to be in there. And then the percentages, the chances that they have at actually making the big dance. Appreciate all of you who listened yesterday to the Eastern Conference playoff preview. Uh, my picks at the Oddsbreakers did not go as planned. It was 0-3. That's a rare day for me. You know, talk about that 58%. 359 picks on the year. I hit it 58%, and then my first night betting these play in games 0 3. Whatever, whatever, dude. Sometimes you lose in this game, but damn, I didn't expect the Wizards and the Hornets to not show up the way they did. But oh well, here we are. So again, my name is Chris R. Farley. You can find me at FarleyBets on Instagram, on Twitter, on Twitter at Chris R. Farley1 or FarleyBets. And you can find my write-ups daily at oddsbreakers.com, which is your, 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 your one-stop shop for sharp betting information. We got picks out there on the NHL, on MLB, and obviously the NBA, because that's what I rock. But I also do MLB picks. Went 3-1 yesterday, thank you very much. Uh, we got UFC, we got podcasts, we got it all. And there's multiple writers and multiple... Contributed Contributors. <laughs> Contributors. So we have uh, a lot going on at the Odds Breakers. I appreciate everybody who follows me on Twitter and Instagram. You can also get my premium picks. So send me a DM. Slide into those DMs. And let me know if you're interested. And uh, here we are. So I guess I don't have too much to say about yesterday's games. It was disappointing with the Wizards and the Hornets. Uh, the You know, the Hornets were rated, I forget which website does it, sorry about that, but they were rated as one of the more clutch teams in the NBA. It didn't seem very clutch last night. And then I'm not sure what the hell was going on with Russell Westbrook. He did not seem invested in the game, did not seem pumped up and amped up as usual. Uh, I think he finished with probably, you know, I, I I took the prop of over 50.5 points assist rebounds. I think he finished like in the mid-30s or maybe close to 40, but it's just not like Russ. Beal can only do so much, but I'll tell you what, that team at about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, really mailed it in. It was not a good look at the end, um, and I know they're favored against the Pacers. I think the line is at three right now. Uh, that's they, you know, That just wasn't a good finish for the Wizards. I expect them to come out and look much better in the next contest, but I would be looking at the over in that. The Pacers have been one of the fastest teams in the NBA, In the second half of the season and of course the Wizards are the quickest tempo team in the NBA all year and they both teams can score a bunch of points so I don't anything can happen in these playoff games and defense tends to step up a little more but I'm probably still going to like the over it's sitting at 241 right now Uh, I I still like that one you know the, the Pacers game went to what like 260 something last night so look ahead spot there but without further ado, because as usual with these playoff previews, we got a lot to sift through here, and I want to get to it. So thank you all for joining me today, and let's tackle the Western Conference playoff preview. All right. Before I tackle this preview, let me just address uh, two things that bothered me when I listened back to my podcast yesterday. One, I'm aware of the background noise towards the end of that podcast. My fiance was in the background she was cooking these healthy meals before the wedding we got we got ground turkey on there we got chicken you know all this healthy shit but uh i didn't i wasn't aware that that could be heard that easily and then uh, you know i just wanted to churn out the podcast and send it out so shouldn't be any uh incredible background noise today i could also use uh, a much better mic this is a good mic it's not a great mic just like a lot of NBA teams. They're good. They're not great. But I just wanted to address that these podcasts, or this one in particular, should be more crisp. And I'll try to avoid that. And uh, secondly, man, my son always corrects me. I have a 15-year-old son. And he always corrects me on the way that I pronounce Giannis. And for that entire podcast yesterday, I said Giannis, Giannis. Giannis, You know, I know uh, name appropriation and all this stuff. It's a big deal, and, and, you know, we should be uh, conscientious about it. So, Giannis, Giannis, that's how you pronounce the Greek freak, Giannis. And I knew that. I just just kept on saying Giannis like he's the OG. Uh, So, anyway, just wanted to address that. Okay, might hear a click here because I'm going to access my notes. And here we go. We're going to talk a little bit about the Western Conference playoffs. And who I think has the best chances to make it to the finals. So first, just like yesterday, sorry not sorry. I'm not going to be addressing the Grizzlies and the Spurs. Uh, I think that the Grizzlies, I mean I don't even know, I, I don't know who's going to win tonight to be honest. I, I picked the Spurs plus four, that's the, that's the best uh, road team, the best ATS road team in the NBA. You're going to hear one more click here because I need to, I need to see the exact stat. Uh, they are they cover at a rate of 65.7% on the road, 23-12-1 on the year. One more click. Okay. Um, that's incredible. And it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, <laughs> talk about a coaching disparity. Uh, Greg Popovich is no stranger to big games. He's going to have his kids ready. So I like plus four in the Spurs tonight. Um, also like the over for other reasons. You could read my article at theeyesbreakers.com. But I ultimately think that both of these teams will be ousted in the play in tournament. Whoever wins between the Warriors and the Lakers will move on to the seventh seed and then the loser I think will dethrone one of those other two teams. Um just the veteran leadership on the Lakers and Warriors and you know, better coaching, better leadership, uh the better talent. You know, Steph Curry alone. You know, I mean he could he could score uh fifty on either one of those teams. So I, just, I think that the, the Grizzlies and the Spurs have had good years. The Grizzlies are a deep roster. The Spurs are very young. They're in development. Uh, their, their ATS record speaks to how well coached they are. But do I think that they are a premier team, a team that should be in the top eight, a team that will be in the top eight? No, I do not. So let's move on to the top eight NBA teams, starting with the Golden State Warriors in the eighth seed. Well, obviously, when you talk about the Golden State Warriors, you can't not talk about, in my opinion, the real MVP of the NBA, and that's Steph Curry. And in case you didn't see my tweet about this, I mean, what an incredible season Steph Curry has had. 32 points per game, oldest to win the scoring title since Michael Jordan, 38 30-point games, 337 threes, his fourth. 300 plus three-point season most ever and he broke the Golden State all-time scoring record this year as well I don't think there's a lot of doubt among most people about how great Steph Curry is Especially as a shooter. He's probably the best pure shooter of all of all time I and mean, it's getting harder and harder to contest But he's also such a great player because he's not selfish I mean, you know, if he has an open three, he's going to take it. Why the hell wouldn't he? But he knows when to step back. He knows how to lead, mostly quietly, sometimes loudly. He's a great team player. He's a great contributor, great passer of the ball. Not, not particularly great on defense. It's never been one of his strong suits. But Steph Curry, as a leader, teammate, and offensive performer, you know, he's a once-in-a-generation talent. And we're witnessing... Greatness with him because let's face it, you're going to see in some of these other stats for the Warriors, if it wasn't for Steph Curry. I mean, this is the definition of an of an most valuable player. If it wasn't for Steph Curry, the Warriors would be an abysmal team this year. Okay, I mean, uh, obviously the absence of Klay Thompson sucks, and Draymond Green brings a lot of uh, added pressure on defense. You know, he's he's talented on defense and a rebounding. He's tough. But there's only one leader. There's only one Steph Curry on that team. And, I mean, he, towards the end of the season, in case you didn't notice, he basically willed the Warriors to get into this play-in tournament to be the 8th seed. So kudos to him. If it wasn't for this play-in tournament, they would just already be in the playoffs. But that's another story. But let's take a little look at the Warriors heading into the playoffs. They're on a 6-game winning streak currently. So they're entering White hot. They are 12th in points per game, 18th in points allowed. 12th in points per game is kind of surprising, right? 14th in point differential, 19th in offensive efficiency, also kind of surprising. This is a team historically predicated on offense. 5th in defensive efficiency. So Maybe that Lakers-Warriors game is going to fall under tonight, huh? I took the under days ago, 220. Uh, I think that's down to 219 or 218 now, but... The third in tempo, they've always been a fast team, no different this year, one of the fastest teams in the NBA, but it's interesting that even though they're still so uh high paced, you know they like to play at a rhythm uh their offensive efficiency at nineteenth maybe they should slow down a notch maybe it's a different year um, so it's just unique to see them not high in those standings. They're a second in assist ratio that speaks to how well they facilitate the ball, especially around the perimeter. They're great at getting open and moving without the ball in their hands. Uh, They're ninth in three-point percentage at 37.6%. Now, to me, that speaks, you know, Steph Curry's at 42.1%, so that speaks so highly of Steph Curry. And that's not, you know, they're top 10 in three-point percentage, but you would think with the way Curry shoots that they would be, you know, first second, third. Uh, So Steph is obviously, I mean, he's holding up this team in so many ways, but that means that most of the other players are probably well below that 37.6% mark, you know, just there or or, uh, below it because Curry's taking most of those threes. So again, overly dependent on, on Curry, which is one of their weaknesses, which we'll get to in a second. But their strengths are how they play perimeter basketball, great shooters, they're small, they're quick. They have an excellent coach in Steve Kerr. They're experienced. I mean, many of them are. Many of them are young. But you still have plenty of experience on that team from previous championships. Uh, They're super athletic. But the weaknesses are they are too Curry dependent. Kelly Oubre Jr. is out tonight in the game with the Lakers. That's not good. Uh, Curry does not have a, a big supporting cast around him. You know, their 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 defense has really excelled this year. I mean, that's a strength, too, that I should have pointed out. But can they hold up great offenses with their defense? Is it that good? Or do they just slow down the pace and, and just play a little more methodical because of their lack of offensive prowess this year? They certainly made strides on defense, but I wouldn't say their defense... You know, I think, I think, I think it's a little hokey, uh, the way their defense is rated. So the bottom line here is I would give... The Warriors, an 8% chance of making it to the NBA Finals. That's actually a lot of respect. Uh, Probably a higher number than most people would give them. But 8% sounds about right. There's always a puncher's chance when you have Steph Curry. You know, I mean, if Steph lights it up and he's just scoring 30, 40, 50 points a game, they they could beat a lot of teams. Especially if those teams have an off night. You know, we've, we've seen the Warriors do that. We've seen the Warriors beat elite teams when Curry has big games. Is it, is it too much on Curry? Yes, and that's why I don't think they'll get far. But it'll give them an 8% chance of making the NBA Finals. They are 4500 And if you want to just have fun and put $10 on that, sure. But, you know, it's, it's not likely that they're going to get there. All right, let's move on to the Los Angeles Lakers. This might be... My favorite team to talk about in this podcast. And that's because, well, you know, ratings. Ratings, baby ratings. Everyone loves to hate on the Lakers, hate on LeBron, or just talk about the Lakers. Obviously, the 2020 champs and missed the COVID year last year speaks volumes to the resiliency and toughness of this team, especially their leader in LeBron. Knows how to bring people together. Whatever team he's played with wins, wins championships, goes to the finals you can deny that all you want but he's been in 10 NBA finals 18 years in the NBA face of the NBA the entire time you know he can do it all he led the NBA in assists last year many people don't know that it's really just up to lebron what like what is he going to exert this year how is he going to dominate this year some some years for some teams he has to be the guy who scores the most points in other years he has to be the guy who always scores points and Brings the most intense defense, You can guard anybody, uh, you know, and, and last year, and as he gets older probably, it' looking more like Magic Johnson, just facilitating the ball, making other players better. So the Lakers enter these playoffs and a five-game winning streak, LeBron, you know, somewhat magically, <laughs> he, comes, uh, he comes off of injury, you know, I think that was a, a calculated, strategic move by LeBron. Who was not happy with the way that last season ended. Well, he was happy with the way last season ended. But he wasn't happy with the amount of rest he got in between last season and this season. So he got a good month and a half, two months of rest. He comes back. Anthony Davis comes back. And what do you know? Lakers end on a five-game winning streak. They win a lot of their last games. End up in the seventh seed. Not ideal. I'm sure he doesn't want to be in the play-in tournament. He spoke, you know, he spoke out about that. But... Uh, they don't seem to bother now. Everyone's healthy. LeBron's healthy. Anthony Davis is healthy. Drummond, Schroeder. They're loaded. Lakers possibly the most loaded roster in the NBA. They're big. They can dominate a front court. They can all shoot. Well, they can't all shoot. I don't know if um, Andre Drummond can shoot. But they have a lot of great skill players. So let's look at some of their stats. Now some of their stats are going to be skewed because obviously all the injuries this year. But 22nd in points per game, not great. 2nd in points allowed. 8th in point differential. 1st in defensive efficiency, that is no joke. Even uh, without LeBron, without Anthony Davis for huge parts of the year, maintain that number 1 defensive rating. Uh, that, is, that, is, that is not hokey. That's real. And they've done it all year. And it's, and it's how they manage to stay in the playoff race. You know, and stay at the top of the Western Conference. Uh, the 24th in offensive efficiency. So that, again, with so many key players missing throughout the year, uh, you know, we knew their their offensive production has not been great. And even when Anthony Davis came back from injury, he was kind of sputtering at first. He was kind of clumsy. But it seems to be finding his groove lately. Even Even... You know, contributors like Dennis Schroeder, he's, Schroeder is not afraid. You know, he will, he will go right into that front court. He will um, go for those high percentage shots. He can shoot from the outside. Not, not that well, but he's not afraid to. You know, he's definitely a contributor, a great passer. You know, he's been out at certain points during the season. So, you know, the stats will tell you that the Lakers don't do that much really well besides defense. But again, what does that really mean with all their injuries? Uh, The strengths, there's a lot of them. (laughs) They have the best player in the world. And I know I said yesterday, well, Kevin Durant's probably the best player. You know, Kevin Durant is probably the best pure uh, scorer in the NBA right now. Steph is probably the best shooter. Uh, Giannis is probably the best, like, most dominant athlete. But all-around player can do it all. It's still LeBron. Sorry. What is he, 38 years old? 36. It's still LeBron, and that's the best intangible out of any team. LeBron brings experience, leadership, probably the best leader in the NBA. Uh, they have an experienced coach, and the fact that they can all play with LeBron and LeBron's healthy and, and confident again, you know that takes so much pressure off the back of players like Anthony Davis and Schroeder and Drummond. It takes it takes all, you know, Kuzma. I mean, these are, these are young, capable players who are not ready for the big moments. LeBron's going to take on the big moments. LeBron's going to lead. LeBron's going to yell at you. So they could take a big breath of fresh air and know that big OG LeBron has my back, and I'm just going to do my part. That's a, I'll tell you, if anyone's ever played basketball before, you know, when it's five on five and you've got the ball in your hands, a lot of pressure. Those are tough moments. Well, that's pretty good at it actually if you can believe it this white boy but those are big moments a lot of pressure on you you know a lot of pressure to uh to uh, individually perform and a lot of that pressure is taken off the backs of these guys because LeBron is back it's a that's a big deal so obviously they have a loaded roster and they have a world class defense weaknesses they haven't been healthy all year so what's the chemistry like I don't think it's a big issue because LeBron is great at you know, garnering the chemistry, creating it, but they probably do need a little more offensive uh, production, right? I mean, they this is a team that has not been blowing the roof off as far as offense goes. So, you know that that could be an issue when you go up against those great offensive teams in the playoffs, and you know, there's plenty of them between the Clippers. You know, the Nuggets, uh, the Jazz. I mean, these these are great offenses as well as great defenses. So it could be an issue if the Lakers can find ways to consistently produce. I don't think it's going to be that great of an issue. I give the Lakers the best chance to make the NBA Finals out of all these teams. Even at the 7th seed, I give them a 21% chance to make the Finals. The odds to get there are plus 240, plus 450 to win it all. I think the plus 450 to win it all is the best bet. Why would you take plus 240 to make the finals if you can take plus 450 to win it? If LeBron James and this Lakers team, who is very dangerous, gets to the finals, they have all that adrenaline, all the momentum. It's another title, possibly for LeBron. I don't care who it is on the other side. Uh, I think you know. I think the Lakers are favored in most of those games. So, 21% chance to make the finals. Much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of many of you. <laughs> But you know what, I, if I could defend myself here for a second, I love greatness, right? Everybody hates Floyd Mayweather, you know, probably as a person, he's, you know, he seems like a dick, but he's one of the best boxers of all time, you couldn't touch that guy. He dominated Manny Pacquiao, right? It's the same thing, I mean, I, I, a lot of people, people celebrate Kobe Bryant now, a lot of people couldn't stand Kobe Bryant. You know, the, uh, the cheating allegations, and then he was kind of a prick on the court. You know, he'd be yelling at people. He always has an attitude. I loved it. He's great. It's greatness. I love greatness. For years and years, people hated on Tom Brady. Now all of a sudden, you know, he's the greatest American. What a hero. He's the best. Well, no shit he's the best. Because he does the same thing every time. He's ice cold in big pressure moments. LeBron is the same way, whether you like it or not. And no one in the NBA comes close to him right now, and I would be shocked if the Lakers don't make it at least far in the Western Conference. All right, let's talk about the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, man, it's really really hard not to like the Trail Blazers, uh, the Blazers. You know, I, I should probably just say it's really hard not to be a huge fan of Damian Lillard. I mean, I love his moxie, his attitude. Uh, you know, he's a boxer. I'm not sure if you know that. I mean, he doesn't fight, but he's, uh, he trains to get quicker hands by boxing. I love that. I'm a boxer. You may not know that. I box. So if you troll me on Twitter, just know I could probably knock your ass out. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I really could. But that's not the point. Um, Damian Little, I mean, he's, he's, he's a beast. Maybe the, maybe the, the most dynamic and maybe the most clutch offensive performer in the NBA right now. You know, it's a big statement, but it's true. I mean, who, who's made more of those long-range, crazy three-point shots than Lillard? I don't have the stats on that, but he's made a lot. And and you know what? Portland is built better than people give them credit for. I mean, McCollum, Powell, Covington, Cantor, not to mention Carmelo Anthony, who, who can still have those big moments. You know, he can still hit those clutch shots as well. So... Blazers are always interesting. They're a team that I would love to see win it, uh, but are there? What are their chances? Well, you're about to find out. So they are fifth in points per game, 23rd in points allowed, 12th in point differential, fifth in offensive efficiency, pretty damn good. 29th in defensive efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an area where where they you know they've they've struggled all year on defense. And if you come to the NBA playoffs, 29th in defensive efficiency with the kind of defenses you're going to see. You know, talk about the the Jazz, talk about the Clippers, the Suns, Lakers. Oh boy, not good. They're 19th in pace, which is a little shocking. You know, I would, I would look at that all year and see that they're, you know, people expect them to be a really high-scoring team, and sometimes they are. But a lot of those totals and Blazers games in Blazers games, I should say, a lot of those totals fall under because they they don't go at a very fast pace. You know, they're they're almost in the bottom third in pace. That's interesting. And they're first in turnover ratio, so they don't turn the ball over. They don't make many mistakes. So the strengths, in my opinion, of the Portland Trail Blazers, they are, well, they have an elite number one star. I mean, you need that clutch player in big moments, and they definitely have that in Damian Lillard. They have good, solid role players and support, an offense that can turn it on when needed. And they seem like, you know, it seems like the Blazers are never out of the game, right? If you have Lillard and a lot of these other uh, key, these skilled players, you can come back. And they've, and they've done it before. They're, they just never seem like they get blown out. Um, so, you know, the Blazers are going to hang around. They're going to be competitive. They can play a better defense than what they show, although in general it's an issue. And that's their biggest weakness that I see. They're not only are they too dependent on Damian Lillard, and that's always been true, it's always been their downfall, but God they're so weak on defense in general. If they have a team that hits a rhythm, knows how to facilitate the ball, I don't know what you know, what kind of coaching and what kind of schemes they have going on over there in Portland, but it's 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 not good. And when they're at a rhythm as an offense, uh other other teams can really can really get ahead quickly. So that's a recipe I don't like in the NBA playoffs. As much as I love Portland, 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 as much as I love Portland, uh, bottom line here is I give them a 7% chance of making the playoffs. So just a notch below the Warriors, another one of those teams that have just one guy on the team who's like, you know, he's extremely talented, but the rest of the team, um, while they can be a good supporting cast, they don't seem to be able to step up in those key moments. And their defense is just, it's not enough. Okay, moving on, we have the Dallas Mavericks. The fifth-seeded Dallas Mavericks. And i uh, going to apologize ahead of time here. Dallas fans aren't going to like me after this one. But listen, Luka is the man. Love Luka. Um, he's got a resiliency about him. He can do it all. A great passer. Rebounds a ton, too. People don't realize that. Uh, a, true, a true number one, you know, a true, a true star in the team. But are they too Luka-dependent? I mean, I think so. Chris Taprasingas needs to stay healthy. Um, Looks like he'll be good to go for the playoffs, but can he stay healthy? And, you know, Dallas has a a pretty damn good lineup. They have a pretty good roster. uh, But they just don't, don't jump off the page in any one area. So they're 17th in points per game, 9th in points allowed, 11th in point differential, 9th in offensive efficiency, 17th in defensive efficiency, the top ten in all the shooting categories, you know, true shooting percentage, effective field goal percentage, third in turnover ratio. That's good. They take care of the ball. And 25th in pace. They're one of the slower teams in the league. Uh, but like you can see, like you can tell, nothing really jumps out there, right? They don't really. I mean, they don't score a ton of points. They don't have great defense. Uh, I mean, they're right. They're right. Probably where they should be. They're they're like a top 12 team in the NBA. Who is probably not going to go very far. They feel like like the Hawks, a little bit like the Knicks, like they're still missing a piece. Maybe a dominant front court guy. But the strengths of the Mavericks, Luka is a true star, although he's been erratic at times, but he's clutch. But he can't do it all, right? They have a pretty deep roster. I mean, Chris Stapp is there when he's healthy, Tim Hardaway Jr., Powell's pretty good, Brunson and Richardson off the bench. Uh, Kleber is uncertain if he'll play this weekend, but if he's in there, he's great support. But I don't. But you know, no one can really step up in those big moments. And I keep talking about those big moments, you know, folks. We're talking about the playoffs here, so it's more than just stats. It's more than just oh, this guy scores a lot of points. That's great, but you need to be able to be, you know, to score those clutch baskets when you got LeBron in your face or Rudy Gobert in your face. And it's in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. You know, it takes gusto. It takes um, courage. I mean, you know, uh, it takes confidence. Icy veins, man, in those situations. Luca. pretty sure he has that. Not sure if anyone else does. So if Luca doesn't hold up the team, another weakness here. Another team a little too dependent on their one star. And they're they're just not elite in any one thing either. And it's a, it's a volatile team. I mean, the Mavericks have been streaky all year. They'll win a lot and then they'll lose a lot. They'll lose against teams they shouldn't. Uh, they don't often beat great teams either. They can contend when they really need to, but for the most part, they're a streaky team. They're too volatile. They don't really do anything superbly. And since that's the case, I'm going to have to go with a 0% chance. I guess we'll say 0.5% again. Right? It was 0.5. You know nothing's a guarantee, but I don't think I don't think there's a shot here. The Mavericks are not currently built to make it deep into the NBA playoffs, and at plus twenty two hundred to get there, I don't think it's worth it. It's not worth any kind of sprinkle or anything. All right, moving on again. Sorry again, Dallas fans. Uh, don't you know try not to hate me. Uh, you're you're almost there, you're like one piece away. Let's move on to the fourth seeded. Los Angeles Clippers, did they avoid that third spot so that they didn't have to face the Lakers? Did they avoid the second spot so they do not have to face the Lakers? I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Um, if they did that, if they tried to avoid the Lakers, good for them. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't want to face the Lakers in the playoffs right now, not with the momentum they have going on. I mean, maybe that's smart. You know, the, the, the Clippers are all about strategy. And that is a word. No, it's not. But they're all about strategic, calculated methods. And it kind of speaks to the way Kawhi is, right? That's Kawhi's personality. He's got that weird laugh, kind of quiet, but very strategic, very calculated, very methodical. Has that, has that beautiful jump shot with that perfect uh, wrist rotation. You know, he's an assassin out there. He's a scientist. And the Clippers might have the most loaded roster in the NBA, next to the Lakers, maybe next to the Jazz, the Suns are pretty good, too. Western Conference is always... I mean, the Sixers are up there. But, I mean, Kawhi, Paul George, Beverly, uh, Zubak. Is that how you say his name? He's very underrated. Very underrated center. Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, Ibaka. The Marcus Cousins off the bench. Rondo off the bench. Canard. This is this is a, a jam-packed unit that has been able to sustain and stay at the top of the Western Conference even though, as you all know, they rest players, and they say people are injured and sick, and they're really not. They cruised to their 47-25 and 25 record, and that's pretty damn impressive. And, and they're all healthy because of it, so kudos to that, I guess. Uh, and when this team all plays together, when this team is all on the floor, really tough to beat. Really, really tough to beat. Tenth in points per game, fourth in points allowed. Second in point differential. Again, that's what you know a lot of their stars not playing most of the year. Uh, Second in offensive efficiency, eighth in defensive efficiency, 28th in pace, which like the Knicks really, you know, pisses a lot of teams off. They're methodical, calculated. Uh, Fifth in rebounding rate. So they just they just do a ton of things well. And they're top five in a lot of shooting categories, including first in the NBA and three-point percentage at 41.1%. If you're hitting over 40% as a team, that's fucking impressive. And they've been number one most of the year. And it's what, you know, it, it, it could be a little bit their downfall too, right? Our, our strengths in life are usually our downfalls too. If you look at it through a different lens. And if they're missing threes or if they're facing a good defense like the Knicks when they faced them a few weeks ago, who can get in your face and contend those shots? They can have issues, but that being said, they are absolute assassins from beyond the arc, and it I mean it makes sense with the kind of shooters they have in that team. So strengths like the Lakers is a lot of them: roster, experience, coaching. I mean, Teron Liu has a lot of experience too. Multiple clutch shooters. Paul George is playing better and better. Cerebral defense. Um, there's just not a lot of weaknesses in this team. If you had to come up with a weakness, maybe they haven't played a lot together. They haven't played very often altogether this year. And when they have, watch out, but they just haven't. And again, they're they're very shot dependent. And what I mean by that is jump shot dependent, right? So they don't they don't look I mean they look for high percentage shots, but they'll they'll pass the ball around. They have a lot of jump shooters, so if they're having a bad day, if they're facing a great defense, they could be vulnerable. But the bottom line here. Is I would give them a 19% chance of making the finals. That's second best to the Los Angeles Lakers. Two teams from LA flexing into the playoffs here. They're plus 250 to make it and plus 550 to win the finals. So just like the Lakers, if I were you, if, were, if you were looking to make a bet on the Clippers future, uh, I would go with 550 to win the finals. If this team is surging into the championship, everyone's healthy, you know, watch out. The, the The Eastern Conference is is not as weak as it used to be, but it's still weaker than the West. And whoever is in 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 that championship from the West is not going to be intimidated by anyone in the East. And there's a lot of flaws in the East, so 19% chance of making the finals, and that's second best here, among among all these Western Conference teams. All right, the third place seed, the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets are probably the sneakiest team to be in the playoffs, or I mean, not to be in the playoffs, but to be in the spot that they're at. Uh, probably, you know I don't know. Maybe a lot of people counted them out when Jamal Murray went out with that injury. Um, I did not. Only because, you know, Jokic is... I mean, he's the commander of that team. He's the commander of the offense. Uh, incredible basketball IQ. And what do I mean by that? I just mean when he's in situations, when he goes down the court, when he surveys the field, s- surveys the court... Um, you know he's 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 like a lebron out there he's like a karl malone out there he seems to know where everybody is at all times he's great at facilitating the ball he's a great shooter uh seems to be seems to always be in the right spot knows how to facilitate his teammates really well so uh jokic cannot be underrated probably should be the mvp if it wasn't for Steph curry's amazing season i think it should go to curry uh but you know at any uh, many other years, it would it would go to Jokic. You know he he deserves it all around stats uh, and just what he does for that team, holding his team, holding the team on his shoulders, a true commander out there. So they are eighth in points per game and points allowed. So in both categories, eighth, very well balanced team. So it's top ten in those areas. So that makes them sixth in point differential, seventh in offensive efficiency, and 14th in defensive efficiency. So it goes down a little bit there in defense, and we've seen that. You know the Nuggets can could definitely allow some allow some points. Uh, fifth in assist ratio, second in offensive rebounding. A lot of that is Jokic, but just a lot of the supporting cast that he has. Uh, sixth in offensive. Or I'm sorry, sixth in effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage. So just an efficient, effective offense. They know how to get the ball in the basket and get points. So the Nuggets, are just, the Nuggets are just a tough team to figure out. I mean, they, they really do still have a great supporting cast. I mean, of course you have Jokic, and then Michael Porter Jr. has really stepped up. Uh, a lot of huge games, huge scoring performances. Uh, Aaron Gordon sits, fits into that puzzle piece for the Denver Nuggets. He's a perfect role player there. Should not have been uh, thought of as like the premier uh, performer or player on any roster, but he's a great player, great rebounder, great on defense, and just a perfect puzzle piece for this Denver team. Uh, Millsap brings you know that ferocity off the bench, and they have Green and Morris. I mean, this is a good team. It's a great roster, and I mean it's really not all Jokic. He just knows how to facilitate everyone and lead everyone so well. So. This is a strong team. I mean, as you can see in the stats, I mean, six in point differential, fifth in assist ratio, second offensive rebound. They do a lot of things well, and they've done things well all season long. It's why they're third in the Western Conference. They're quiet. They're sneaky. Uh, so I would not underrate this team to go far. The weakness is, I guess, they lack big game experience. So they haven't you know, been here very often. A lot of riding on Jokic and Porter Jr. to score a lot of their points, even though they do have definitely enough Offense from their supporting cast, but I wouldn't say they jump off the page. Even though they're good in a lot of areas, they don't jump off the page as like, you know, as like really excellent in any one area, like the Nets do on offense, or even the Wizards do on offense and pace, or like a Golden State does from outside, um, or how the Knicks and the Heat and the Suns do on defense, or the Jazz on both defense and offense. The Nuggets are just a really good team. And sometimes it's those teams that are just really good teams that get really far, especially when they have a great leader. Uh, I don't know if the language barrier at all makes a difference, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it. You know, when you have a big boy like that, like Nikola Jokic, um, he's 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 able to lead his team, and and you know people listen. That's for sure. Bottom line here, I give them a fifteen percent chance to make it to the finals. They're plus 1,000 to make it to the finals. I think that's worth a sprinkle for sure. One, uh, somebody on Twitter asked me, what is a sprinkle? Last night, for me, that's anywhere from 0. 0.2 to 0. 0.5 units. Uh, you know, Typically, it's, it's just you know sub one unit. So if, if it's a one unit bet, it's a one unit bet. It's not a sprinkle. But if it's a sprinkle, it's beneath one unit. You're just putting a little bit of that side cash, side hustle, maybe those reward points that you have in your betting accounts. Uh, toward a you know far away future bet like this, plus a thousand to make the finals with how good that they've performed this year uh, that's that's worth it for me I don't think they'll win plus three thousand to win might be a better bet to uh, pull the trigger on the finals appearance at plus one thousand, although again, if they make it there, the western conference they're not afraid of anyone in the east so Plus 3,000, you know, if you want to go for it, go for it. But I think plus 1,000 sprinkle best bet in that scenario. Let's move on to the Suns, who sit at 51 and 21, just one game behind the first place team in the West. I love the Suns, and a big reason why I love the Suns is because of Chris Paul. He's one of the best leaders in the NBA, next to LeBron James, and I'd probably put Julius Randle up there too. Um, But this team is the exact same team except for Chris Paul. Chris Paul coming to this team as an addition to this team, kind of like Steve Nash, right, when the Suns were last in the playoffs 11 years ago, 11-plus years ago. Uh, Chris Paul is that piece that they needed to facilitate, to make everybody better. Uh, He's a magnificent passer of the ball, has a beautiful shot. Uh, He's clutch, and he's so unselfish, right? He's always talking about Devin Booker, and how he wants to see Devin Booker shine and get his moment. You love that from a leader. You know, he's a badass on the court. He has kind of that Kobe Bryant mentality. He, you know, often has that rough looking face and he's, you know, saying shit to people and maybe he's yelling at people every now and then. But he's humble. A lot of people don't think he's humble. I think he is. He's unselfish. Um, And the Suns Suns are a very complete team. They have a real deal front court. Um, Aiton is on track to play Sunday, so that's good. They got Bridges and Crowder, a great front court. Uh, Monty Monty Williams is likely the coach of the year. I mean, this is a very complete team, and you'll see it in the stats here. They're seventh in points per game, seventh in points allowed, fourth in point differential, fourth in offensive offensive efficiency, ninth in defensive efficiency, 27th in pace. So, again, that that Knicks mentality, that Heat mentality, that Clippers mentality, slow down the game, annoy you with how precise they are, and they do that all day. They are first in assist ratio. Ho-ho! insert Chris Paul, and all of a sudden you're number one in assist ratio. Not a not a surprise. Again, assist ratio measures how many, you know, once you get to the offensive side of the court, how many uh, assists are, are a part of those points. So number one in assist ratio, not shocking. The third in effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage as well. So this is just, the stats show just how consistent they've been all year. They've been one of the ATS leaders all year too, the Knicks. It clips them uh, towards the end with all the winning they were getting. But the Suns are one of the best covering teams in the NBA, which is not easy to do with how they've been lined. I mean, we're talking about double-digit lines against many teams. Uh, Or, you know, at least minus eight, minus nine and a half, shit like that. So uh, the strengths, I think I already went over most of them. But Chris Paul is an exceptional leader, loaded roster, well-balanced, great coach. There's just not a lot of weaknesses in this team. Um, I would say the one weakness is that Devin Booker here, uh, he's going to be in a big spot. You know, this is the first playoff appearance in 11 years for the Suns. Steve Nash was the difference back then. Chris Paul is kind of a new Nash. But can the other young players, the supporting cast that Chris Paul has around him, step up in big moments? Uh, This feels like, it just feels like to me, although this is a fantastic team, I love the Suns, this is not going to be their year. I could see them making it to the conference finals. Uh, I don't think it's far-fetched to, to to say that they could win the first round. Um, you know, even if they face the Lakers, maybe they face the Warriors. Uh, maybe they'll face somebody else. I think they'll probably face the Lakers. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy to say that they could win that series. You know, uh, even if the Lakers are firing on all cylinders, this is a very complete team. I'll give them a 15% chance of making the finals. At plus 700, which, you know, that's the books, giving them a little respect. I think it's worth a little look. Maybe a one-unit play, uh, plus 1,600 to win the finals. Again, maybe that's a better play. Um, I, do, I do not think this is their year, but this is a great basketball team. And they should not be underrated. All right, let's wrap this puppy up with the last team to cover in the Western Conference, and that is the U, U Utah Jazz. The number one team in the West, they're 52-20, and 20, just one game ahead of the Suns, but they managed to make that happen. I mean, when you are only losing 20 games in the Western Conference all year, especially with how crazy things have been this year, you know, no fans, etc., uh, that speaks volumes to who you, I mean, you know, what kind of team you are. It's, it's just amazing, especially after losing Donovan Mitchell. Uh, his, his absence has largely not mattered. But I I do think that it will matter in the playoffs. A little more on that later in this little speech about the Jazz. But um, you know, again, Rudy Gobert is probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Bohan, Bojan, I think it's Bohan. Bohan Bogdanovic is a big-time contributor. Is he clutch? That's another question. But he's been scoring a ton of points for them. Um, And for my money, I know I I probably said this about a few teams already, but the 76ers are the Eastern Conference version, but in the Western Conference, the Jazz are probably the most well-balanced team in the NBA, and the stats show that. They're fourth in points per game, third in points allowed, first in point differential, third in offensive and defensive efficiency, their top three in offensive rebounds, their second in rebounding ratio, their fifth in effective field goal percentage, fourth in true shooting percentage, and the list goes on and on. This is a great team who, even though they're without Donovan Mitchell, they got Rudy Gobert. They got Bogdanovich. They got Ingles, Clarkson, Conley, Royce O'Neal, Nian. You know they. I mean, Quinn Snyder is probably one of the smartest coaches in the NBA. He's a great schemer. It brings out the best in his players. Uh, I mean, there's there's not a lot of weaknesses on this team. The stats show it on either end of the court, offense and defense. This is a deep roster, and it's a big reason why they fared so well. A lot of teams, if a player like Donovan Mitchell goes down. Uh, they're not going to be able to survive. They're sure as hell not going to be able to keep that number one spot in the Western Conference. So it just it says a lot about the Jazz. I wish I could say more. Uh, the Jazz are just one of these teams, you know, kind of jazzy. They just kind of consistently win, consistently beat teams. They're great at home. Uh, they're great ATS. You know, one of the top teams all year usually. Uh, they, you know They had some moments, but not many. Uh, But the weakness is, missing Donovan Mitchell, although it hasn't mattered so far. You know, he got injured later in the year. And just because it hasn't mattered so far doesn't mean it's not going to matter in the playoffs. In the playoffs, when you demand you need a clutch shooter, is Bogdanovich that shooter? Is he going to be able to post up, make a move, and make the game-winning shot? I mean, you're going to have to do that. I've said that yesterday yesterday in the Eastern Conference when I talked about the Hawks and some of these other teams you need that player who everybody knows is going to step up and make that shot. I don't know. I'm not saying great teams don't win championships. Absolutely they do. But you're going to need that guy. And I don't know if they have that guy. If they're not, you know, if they're not dishing it inside to Rudy with a high percentage shot, is it going to be Conley? Ingles? Bogdanovich, I don't you know Clarkson and these are these are all great scorers but are they clutch? I don't know. And you know who's their leader? I I I don't know that either. Again, you know, people argue, well, do you need one? It's a team effort, man. No. Think about any champion ever. Ever. Think about the Ravens like back in 2001. You know who the hell their leader was, right? Come on. It was Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis was the man. It wasn't Trent Dilfer. You know, and it doesn't matter if they're on offense or defense or whatever. Uh, every champion needs uh, a true leader on that team, somebody who everybody looks up to. Like it or not, I'm a Giants fan. Eli Manning had that quiet leadership going on, but really it was Michael Strahan. You know who was who was the leader of that team. So every team needs it. Not sure who it is in the Jazz. Uh, they're plus 325 to make it to the finals and plus 750. I mean, first of all, that's a little disrespect for the books, right? Number one seed, plus 325, you know, you got the Lakers and Clippers in front of them, but it is what it is. Plus 325 to make it to the finals, that might be worth a little play. I'm not going to play it. Plus 750 to win the finals, that might be the better bet if you like the Jazz. I'm not going to play the one. The Jazz are a fantastic team, but a lot of these teams are great regular season teams. You know, coming from a military background, is very similar to sports. What the hell are you going to do in high-pressure scenarios, in high-pressure moments? That's why Steph Curry is Steph Curry. That's why Damian Lillard is Damian Lillard, although he hasn't really done it in the playoffs. That's why LeBron is LeBron. Big moments. Steps up. Not afraid. So, I love the Jazz. Again, a great team in the Jazz. But I'm not going to be putting a bet on them. All right, guys. We're almost 50 minutes in here. Uh, I know there's a ton of information. I love giving these playoff previews. you know, gets a short sort of you know get into just everything that happened throughout the season, where these teams stand, uh, you know hopefully demonstrate a little bit of my knowledge in the NBA. I, I do you know, I know the NBA can be annoying with all the resting and everything, but I like the soap opera of it all. you know it's 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 another male soap opera. It's not like the NFL. The NFL is king, that's for sure. Probably doesn't have the same kind of high-intensity action of the NHL. But I love the NBA. It's going to be a good watch. A lot of storylines. LeBron versus Steph Curry tonight is a great one to start us off in the West. And hopefully this analysis is going to help you as you watch the NBA playoffs, as we all help or hope to win. My articles will keep on churning out there at the odds Breakers as we go through the playoffs and all the games ahead. Thank you so much for listening today. Again, I am at Farley FarleyBets on Instagram and Twitter. I write articles at The OddsBreakers daily. You can find this podcast everywhere you find podcasts. I would appreciate your support. Check out The OddsBreakers for everything you need in sports betting. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, not sure when the next pod will be since I just did two big ones this week. But uh, stay tuned. Talk to you later, everybody. Let's win some damn money.